Hello and welcome to DFS Coach Talk. It is Monday, May 10th, 2021. I am Andrew Hansen, alongside Joe Sarvati, affectionately known as Coach. Coming off a fun weekend, Coach, and Anthony Davis finished it off strong for us on that late night slate last night. You were all over him and he got after it. Finally played AD, finally played like AD. He really did, man. I I was so happy that he stepped up. He I mean he was 20 points clear of the, the next highest guy for the day. So he absolutely smashed it. And that I now have decided I will not make fun of any of his injuries for at least a couple of weeks. Okay. I was going to uh, say, gonna for be, how long uh, here? You can't, that's, you can't resist for too a, long. No, he gets a couple of week pass. And, and uh, you know, he certainly earned it last night. That was a fun way to end. The main slate didn't go as, as I planned, but the after hours with uh, led by AD was a nice smash for our uh, members. So it was it was a fun weekend, busy weekend, lots uh, lots of sports going on. Uh, you know, we had some nice baseball wins. Uh, our golf line cashed, so that was fun. And then finishing out with an after hours uh, victory. But you know, the big news is this is the last week of the regular season of the NBA. Can you believe that? We are here. Seven days left. That's and- it. It's a great opportunity. We've had some uh, optimistic chatter in main chat. Deluxe talking about it being a record-breaking week for us here coming up. And I think she might be onto something. I'm pumped about this slate, and we're going to continue to follow all the news and dig deep with these youngsters who are playing, zero in on the teams who are competing here, really pushing for playoff positioning versus the teams who are mailing it in. And uh, hopefully we can build some winners. So... Let's get yeah. after it, Coach. Six games, half the teams involved in a back-to-back. We've got three good totals over 230 on a pretty yeah. small slate. So lots of uh, high-scoring possibilities here today. Yeah, and, you know, I, I just want to say I'm with you. I mean, I, I welcome this week because what it does is it creates more of a divide between those people that aren't prepared and those that are completely prepared because you have to know which, you know, this whole scenario of, which teams are trying, who's sitting guys, the whole nine yards comes into play. And uh, I think it gives us a bigger edge. So I'm extremely excited about it. I think it's going to be a great lead in into the playoffs. And, uh, you know, tonight's a perfect example with a six game slate with some teams scrambling for the last spots and some teams that have already mailed it in quite some time ago. So let's uh, start it off with, uh, first of all, we get 30 extra minutes tonight, Andrew. That's Love always it. exciting for Even us. better. Yeah, it gives a little bit of a, a break between baseball starting and, and basketball starting, which is always welcome. Um, so we start off the night at 7.30 with the Indiana Pacers, 31 and 36 at the Cleveland Cavaliers, 21 and 47. First night of a back-to-back for Indiana. Second night of a back-to-back for the Cavs. And Indiana right now is an eight and a half point favorite with a nice fair 230 over under. And you'll find tonight we've got one dud game. Uh, well, I shouldn't say that. It's it's in there, too. So, you know, we'll say everybody's in the same sort of ballpark on the over unders. But we just have to talk it through and see which ones we think are going to exceed that number. But 230 is a fair number for this game, considering Cleveland's a slower team uh, defensively. Um, in, uh, uh, pace wise, Indiana's fifth, Cleveland's 25th, and we have Indiana 12th defensively and Cleveland 27th. So we know that Cleveland could be taken advantage of defensively, but sometimes the pace isn't always uh, in their favor. Uh, as far as the news goes, player wise for this game, we have Sampson and Turner still out, and we have Lamb and Brogdon questionable. This is like the fifth game, I think, in a row for Brogdon being questionable and not playing. So I'm in my initial preparations, I'm going to plan on him sitting. But you would think he's going to want to gear it up here a few games before the playoffs start. Uh, two big question marks for Cleveland, Love and Garland, I have as questionable as of this morning, which definitely impacts uh, their team. You know, it's it a trickle down uh, specifically with Sexton. So. Uh, interesting game here, Andrew, to start off the slate. You know, you've got uh, some guys that have really stepped it up. Uh, Karis Levert has looked uh, terrific, sort of running the show since Brogdon's been down. And uh, Sabonis, you know, has stretches where he looks unstoppable. 
Um, I think Sabonis is a great uh, play tonight. I, I, Jared Allen's defense, just he looks so lackadaisical out there. I watched him the last two games against uh, Dallas, and he just he's just lackadaisical. He doesn't seem to play hard. And um, I definitely think Cleveland has mailed it in. They look like they really uh, are not playing as a team. I see them just sort of falling apart here this last week. And, you know, my concern is, does this game blow out? That's my only concern. Uh, with the way Cleveland's playing, I wouldn't be surprised. But if it does, you know, I think it's going to really be Sabonis in the inside and and Levert on the outside. So I'm very interested uh, in both, but only, uh, you know, in a situation here where, uh, we we get some confirmation on lineups because if Brogdon's in, that that changes everything. And he's, like I say, been on the fence multiple days to playing, so it's possible. Um, as far as uh, the cheaper guys, you know, McDermott and Brissett are both, in my opinion, you know, possible value plays. Uh, they both, you know, they're a little risky without question, but both could get it done. So I'm going to at least give them a look. On the Cleveland side, you know, it's very simple. Sexton is an option, but he's uber expensive. Um, but the pace, the pace up helps, um, and it's at least a consideration if Garland sits. After that, I just I'm not interested in anybody else for Cleveland. They they are pretty much a hot mess and playing a lot of guys. So again, you know, this is one of those scenarios where we're going to watch the news all the way through disc, you know, till Discord lock and find out, you know, who's in and out. I could have some exposure to Indiana, probably not to Cleveland though. Yeah, I'm I'm focused on Indiana here primarily. I do think there's a good chance that they win pretty easily. Uh I agree that Cleveland has mailed it in and if Garland is out, Osman questionable with what I'm looking at also. Oh yeah, then, I see that here. You're right. Then uh that you know, they're scoring potential really takes a hit they're starting to play some of these young guys more and their bench right now is not good no. Dotson Jeremiah Martin Broderick Thomas even Verizhao getting some minutes the vet yeah he so, came in early yesterday yeah. that was that was hilarious I can't believe he's in the league I it was like you know flashback <laughs> so I'd be surprised if Indiana isn't leading by double digits in the second half and so it's just that the old classic conundrum does do the starters get to play enough to smash value as it is a front end of a back-to-back they're 10th yeah. in the standings right now they're up by two and a half games on chicago so this win is huge to really try to lock up that that play-in spot um and it's it's a really good matchup for these guys so all all the starters are in play for me if brogdon and lamb are out and uh McDermott is especially cheap. Yeah. Uh, Sabonis, obviously very expensive. Levert, uh, a little easier to, to afford than Sabonis. Those are the three guys I like the most. Sumner, decent price too. Um, so I, I probably will have one or two Indiana guys in the, in the core lineup. Cleveland, uh, I agree. Sexton, a little uh, pricey for me on DraftKings on the back-to-back. Maybe on FanDuel yeah. where he's seventy-five hundred. Yeah, but, that's not a bad price at all. Yeah, and then if we have multiple other starters out, like Osman or a veteran like Love on the back-to-back, then you know the shots are going to be there for Okoro and Wade, who are cheap. Not my favorite value plays, um, but. We we do really need to to follow this, and it'll be good because it is that first game uh, right. at seven thirty. So uh, it a lot will turn for me on Brogdon. If he sits, I'm going to have some significant exposure to Levert, and uh, then we go from there. Sounds like we're on the same page. Excellent. Well, game two, here's a big one: Washington and Atlanta, two thirty-seven yeah. and a half total. Hawks favored by seven and a half. It's an island game for both teams. They're both in a spot where you think they're going to really push hard for a win. Washington is ninth, trying to secure that spot, stay ahead of Indiana. Atlanta tied in that fifth, sixth spot. So you know they want to uh, push for fourth, push for home court, and and stay out of that playing game. 
And these teams are going to play again on Wednesday. And how about this, Coach? Bradley Beal is going to miss both of these games. So it's going to be the Russell Westbrook show. And he is going to be the focal point of the NBA tonight because he's got a chance to break Oscar Robertson's triple-double record of 181. Crazy. My my only question, Coach, is is he going to get it in the first half? Because I don't think there's any doubt he's going to break that record tonight. Is anybody going to build a lineup in DFS tonight and not start with Westbrook. I mean, I don't know how you how you don't play him. I mean, it's, it's he's unfadeable to me. You know, his price has gone up on FanDuel. It's 12,400. But if you look at his last 5 games, he's paid off that price tag 3 of the 5 cuz he's been over 75 FanDuel points. It's insane. Yeah, I I don't know how you can fade him. I mean, unless you're praying that he gets hurt or something. <laughs> Because he's just, you know, with Beal out especially, it's like, I mean, it's a no-brainer. I mean, even even as a blocker, I mean, he's he's going to be 90, 95, 98% owned. It's going to be possibly one of the highest-owned guys on a, a slate of this size uh, that maybe we've ever seen. Yeah, he's going to be in my initial build. And you know, I'm going to play around with it a little bit, especially on Fandle, where he's that much more. If you take yeah. him out, how does that affect the rest of your lineup? Because it affects the rest of your lineup that you have to catch up to 80 fantasy points. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't love the pace for Atlanta. They're 22nd, but their defense True. is 22nd. And yeah. so we, we know that he can he can uh, smash against these guys. You know, um, I will say this, though. DeAndre Hunter. Questionable. Is, yes. Yep. And he, he would be the Westbrook stopper that could at least keep him maybe at 60. But, you know he hasn't played forever so you know it's going to be limited minutes if he does but that does give you some hope if you're one of those fade Westbrook at all cost kind of guys exactly very key point now with Beal out we should have some more opportunity for some of these other starters Neto is cheap Rui is still a reasonable price you could look at one of those guys and those three are the main guys I'm looking at with Washington um it seems that, you know, watching a, a few games ago, Coach, watching, watching Washington, I got the feeling that the, the whole offense, and it's no surprise, but it's Westbrook, you know, do your thing. Attack the basket, create a shot. If you can't, he passes it to Beal, and Beal uh, you know, creates his own shot at the end of the shot clock. Anything else than that is a complete third option afterthought uh, we'll have guys ready to spot up and shoot if we need it. But, yeah. I mean, there's just... And, and the other thing is, all of those third-option guys after Rui are interchangeable. And I think that's why Coach Brooks just... He will he mixes and matches with the center. You know, he knows yeah. he has three centers who are playable. And he'll just plan to rotate them. If somebody gets hot, he'll give them a couple extra minutes. And it's the same thing with whoever fills in as a starter. You know, Anthony Gill has done it. Uh, Hutchinson has done it. Matthews has done it. And he just wants one of those guys out there to shoot. And if they're hot, he'll give them a few extra minutes. If not, it's, it's on to the next guy. So I think anyone else other than Westbrook, Neto, and Rui are real GPP options um, that you can't really trust. Right. On, on the Atlanta side, Trey Young is really cheap on FanDuel at 8400 That price kind of surprised me. He's in the mix for me. Bogdan Bogdanovich, certainly in the mix for me in this game environment. Washington's still 20th defensively. We love the pace. So I I, I like the idea of um, running it back with one of those guys, with Westbrook. And then after that, I'm not as interested in the rest of the Atlanta guys. That Hunter news is significant, like you said, for defense. And, you know, his price tag on on FanDuel is interesting. For GPPs, he's 3800 even if he plays 20 minutes, a oh, couple yeah. of blocks, a couple of steals, he could potentially pay that off. So we'll keep an eye on that. If, if he doesn't start, we've got Snell, who's also questionable. If he doesn't start, looks like Solomon Hill. Uh, so if Hunter sits, then I feel even better about Westbrook. If he if he plays, we've got to hesitate a little bit. But I like Westbrook here and either Trey Young or Bogdanovich. How about you? Yeah, I you know, there's only one difference for me. I, I really, you know, you hit that one right on the head. I mean, I agree with everything. I, you know, you can see Westbrook is one of those guys. He's he's so 
much of a perfectionist and wants to win so bad that he either trusts guys or he doesn't. And he's not going to give the ball to some of those guys that he doesn't trust unless it's the absolute last option. So I agree with exactly what you said. It seems just watching him, you know, of, of course, Beals is running mate. A lot of times he just gives him the ball and gets out of the way. But with Beal out, you know, who's going to fill that role? It's not very pretty. I mean, I, I haven't I, I've seen him show a little confidence in Rui on occasion. And that makes me think that maybe Rui uh, pulls a little bit more uh, of that uh, usage and gets more opportunities. But he hasn't been playing great since coming back from the injury. But Rui's on the board for me a little bit. Uh, Howell Neto is also slightly on the board as a GPP play. But with Ish Smith coming in, you know, it's just too you know, too messed up from there. All the other guys, I think, are all like exactly you explained, a dime a dozen, rotate, see who's hot. So it's Westbrook or bust. You know, I'm I'm going to use him even if Hunter plays because it's just, I mean, you know, I don't want to have to catch up to that many points. And I think there's enough value with all the different rotations that we can still make it work. I mean, you know, it would take him being probably over about 13.5 for me to fade him. I mean, if you look statistically, I mean, he just keeps getting it done. And it's it's an unbelievable run and the extra motivation to pass Oscar uh, tonight. So, yeah, Westbrook's going to be in there. I, I do like your take on Young and Bogdanovich. I'm looking at one or the other. I think it's just a smart play. Uh, with Washington's uh, defense not being great and their number one pace. Um, I'm almost leaning towards Bogey over Young right now. I don't want to play both because of the expense. But the difference that I have, that the guy that you didn't mention that I think's in play here, and that's Clint Capella. Because that rotation of centers, they're not great. Uh, and defensively, Len and Lopez are, are, are definitely a step back, uh, and Gafford's getting small minutes. So I think, you know, Atlanta needs to win this game. Capella should get all he can eat in the paint, lots of rebounds. When you're playing the, the fastest-paced team in the league, that means there's a lot more shots going up, and this just reeks of a Capella 20-rebound game. So if he can, you know, finish some shots inside, get some putbacks, with a big rebound night right now I have him penciled in as my center. So I know it's going to be expensive, but you know, as, to be honest with you right now, I'm looking Westbrook Bogdanovich and Capella and uh, I may need a loan for the rest of my salary. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, uh, before we get to the next game, do we want to announce a giveaway here on the Russell Westbrook night? Yes. Yeah. I've been okay. teasing it all weekend that you were going to announce it today. So let's do it. All right. So here's the thing, uh, courtesy of our marketing guru, Joe Stanton. If you retweet our pinned tweet on Twitter, where you are at DFS Coach Talk, and Westbrook hits that record-breaking triple-double tonight, we're going to give away three-day membership to someone who retweets that. And bonus, if he gets his triple-double in the first half, which I think there's a good chance he will. If you comment on our YouTube video and like the video, that's all you have to do, then we'll give away another three-day three, three day membership. So uh, we invite you all to do that, and then we can all root for Westbrook together to, to get that triple-double and get it early. Absolutely, and I think that he will. So it, some nice giveaways tonight. And then uh, we do have some other news this week, Andrew, that we'll get to later about uh, the playoffs in the NBA and, right. and what all that's going to uh, consist of. So very exciting stuff. Uh, we love the the growth. And, and, you know, I at least had a chance to give a shout out to a bunch of our new members yesterday. So that was great. Really appreciate all of them. Okay, I'm going to jump us right to the third game. It's an 8 o'clock game. It's the only 8 o'clock game on the board. And it is going to be an interesting one to discuss here. You've got New Orleans Pelicans 31 and 37 and Memphis at 34 and 33. So these teams both are wanting to win. They're both on one side or the other of a back-to-back. -back. Memphis is a big nine-point favorite here, I guess because they're anticipating 
no Zion and probably no Ingram, um, which that's what the, the line seems to tell. But the Pelicans are going to be playing hard. This number's 227 and a half. The great thing is you got two top 10 pace teams here, ninth and eighth. And then the Pelicans, we know, have struggled, you know, very much so all year at 23rd. Memphis has improved, though. They're all the way up to seventh defensively. So <clears throat> that's how they've gotten their little push to the playoffs going. But as far as the news goes, we have the big man Adams questionable. Of course, Ingram questionable. That's the real big news. Zion's already been ruled out. And Grayson Allen is out for Memphis. So, you know, the 227.5 total with both teams playing hard here wanting to win definitely brings me some uh, interest here. Um, I think on the Pelican side, you know, we've seen who's picked up uh, some of that usage. And, you know, a little bit of it has gone to Lonzo, some to Bledzo. And then, you know, Hernan Gomez for if Adams doesn't play. All those guys are, are getting some of that. And then they're getting, uh, you know, chipped in by uh, James Johnson, Najee Marshall, and then uh, Nikhil Alexander-Walker, who returned yesterday and looked terrific. Uh, he has stretches like that where he looks like a starting point guard in this league. But, uh, you know, I'm a little concerned uh, here with Memphis's defense. The fact that the Pelicans played an intense game yesterday against Charlotte where it was Lonzo versus LaMelo, which they both did okay, but LaMelo definitely outplayed his big brother. Um, so really on the Pelican side, and I can't wait to get your response here, Andrew, because I know you're going to have some interest here, but I I don't see myself going anywhere with New Orleans. Uh, Najee Marshall I played yesterday, and I thought he would uh, be more counted on, but now that with Walker and the, the usage being split up, I'm just, you know, when you have two stars out like Zion and Ingram, if Ingram sits, you think, okay, this is a team we got to focus on. Find the one or two guys that all that usage is going to. But it just seems spread out by like six or seven guys. And uh, with Memphis's D, I just don't want to go there. On the Memphis side, however, I think, you know, I think Jaws in play here. I know he's a, a little pricey, but not too bad. But I think, uh, I think he's in play because they want to win this. Uh, I think that, you know, the sooner they can get this next win to go two games over 500 and feel secure about their spot, I think is a good thing. So he's in play for me. Dylan Brooks, uh, who's always priced decently, he's one of those guys that either just grinds and does just average or he, you know, goes 7-8x at times. So uh, with this Pell's defense being shaky, uh, I think I'm going to give Brooks a quick look. And then, um, you know, right now, the other guys, they're getting a lot of uh, usage for everybody. So the fact that Anderson and Triple J, Joe Val, uh, you know, all these guys, uh, Clark, it's just too much of a spread of, of who's doing what, in my opinion. And, uh, you know, I will say I expect Triple J to play a good set of minutes, play uh, hard, and then probably sit tomorrow. So, uh, you know... He is decently uh, in play, but, uh, you know, we'll see. James Johnson plays defense tough, and he's physical. And I think that could bo uh, bother Jackson a little bit. So this is not my favorite game, Andrew, although I know a lot of people are going to play it. But it may end up being a one-off with Jaw and then moving on down the road. Yeah, I'm very similar. I mean, you'd think, wow. you'd think it would be let's get after this game with teams that are ninth and 10th in pace. But – I mean, you mentioned the back-to-back -back for New Orleans, and being the front end for Memphis, we know that that really can impact those minutes. Yeah. So that's the key thing with those guys. I mean, Jaw and Dylan Brooks are the, the two primary guys I'm looking at as well. But mm -hmm. front end scares me, you know, in contrast with the great matchup. So they're both in play, but proceed with caution. And then with New Orleans, I agree there as well. Uh you know, you feel like, okay, let's fire somebody up. Lots of, lots of extra shots. Bledsoe was awesome yesterday, but do we count on him two days in a row? I don't think so, and his price is higher. So you could you could certainly play a one-off here, and my favorites would be Marshall or James Johnson. 
decent prices to kind of fill out the roster. You feel you feel solid about those guys. Uh, but that's it. And so I'm I'm really not very interested in this game. And yeah, I'm surprised. And that's interesting because I think it will be pretty highly owned. Yeah. All right, let's move to the second half of the slate. Milwaukee, San Antonio at 8.30. The Bucks favored by 7.5, 233.5 total. This is a front end for Milwaukee, which is very important. They're another team that that is really significant for. They are third in the East, half game up on second place. So you would think that they would want to uh, have their guys get a decent run and, and get the victory. But San Antonio is going to be pushing hard on the other side. They're 10th and, uh, you know, right in between these teams that are nipping at their heels like New Orleans and, and just in front of them like Memphis. So, uh, you know, that's the team that I think is going to be ultra hungry. And it is an island game for San Antonio. So maybe we consider some of those guys. We do have great pace for Milwaukee, um, but we have their great defense as well. In terms of the injuries, I'm looking at everybody ready to go for Milwaukee. And on the San Antonio side, we just have White still out and Lyle still questionable. So with the rotations we've had recently, uh, on the Milwaukee side, this is a slate where I'm not looking at their big three. Um, I'm projecting this as a, a solid outing for those guys. Uh, you know, San Antonio has a slow pace, but a decent defense. And because it's a front end, I just don't want to pay up for Giannis. And Middleton or Drew, 8K range is fine. They could they could hit value, but I'm, I'm not looking at them to, to smash and be in a spot where I feel bad about uh, passing on those guys. I just like these some of these other games we've already talked about. Um, Dante DiVincenzo is, is a value play I look at. And I think the shooting guard position is, especially on FanDuel, is where I'm looking at this game for a one-off, either DiVincenzo or Lonnie Walker on the other side. DiVincenzo, a little more aggressive lately, especially taking more three-pointers, and is a great price tag. So he's probably my favorite play there today. And then with San Antonio, with this fast pace, Murray or, or DeRozan could certainly get it done. Reasonable price tags. But because I'm spending up elsewhere... I'm looking here for a value as well. So Lonnie Walker is the guy that I like, 4,200. Um, since he started here, it's it's a great opportunity, and and you feel again you not nothing is locked in with the spur, but you feel better about his minutes and his shots in that starting lineup. So I'm looking at a shooting guard here potentially. Interesting. Well, you know, Dirk always wants to weigh in when we talk about the Spurs, right? And and I should have listened again on Saturday. You know. We were in position. We we had a great Saturday here, but we were in position to to literally have some huge takedowns, like of the fifty grand uh, style. And we had Keldon Johnson in the late game, which I I, I hate when I land on a spur because you know it gives me a stomach ache. You know how many fantasy points he put up in that game? Probably like what eighteen? Eight. Eight. Oh as my in gosh. as in single digit eight. So you talk about, you know, frustrate. I am I cannot uh, catch anything with the Spurs because I don't think anybody can make sense of it because you never know what he's going to do, what the rotations are going to switch to. I am just so frustrated with with that side of the ball. But anyway, <clears throat> you know, I'm, I'm with you in this game. You know, it's, it's a 233 and a half with that good pace for Milwaukee. But both teams are, are solid defensively, ninth and 14th. I think Holiday and Murray certainly cancel each other out. Both really good defenders. Um, you know, don't trust San Antonio. I think I said as far as I can throw pop is about as far as I trust mm-hmm. San Antonio. And Milwaukee, you know, Giannis, I don't have the money to go up to him or Middleton. And, uh, you know, all the rest of the guys are interchangeable to me with, you know, with the guys coming off the bench with Portis and, and Connaughton, et cetera. And like I say, I, I don't really like to pick on uh, Murray defensively. So I'm a, I'm a wash on, on Milwaukee. I, I'm not looking at anybody there. And then as far as San Antonio goes, I'm hesitant. But I will say I think DeMar DeRozan's in a good spot. Um, you know, the fact that it's an island game gives us a little bit of a shot that you would think DeRozan would play full minutes 
and this game would stay close enough because it's only a six and a half point spread. And, you know, DeMar's, you know, this is one of those kind of games where, you know, they they get him the ball and, and ask him to get it done. You know, he's sort of the last man standing as far as, uh, you know, the veterans that really lead this team. So uh, I'm, I'm definitely interested at DeMar. I think his price is very fair. But uh, that's if, if I'm able to work him in, I will. <clears throat> but other than that, I don't like this game. Okay. All right, we have two after-hour slate games. And we've been crushing the after-hours, man. I don't know what it is, but we seem to, to get hot there in, in after-hours. Uh, lots of news here and information. It's the, the Jazz at 50 and 18 and the Warriors at 35 and 33. Uh, again, this, it's a 10 o'clock game. Utah's only favored by three, which is, you know, showing some respect to the Warriors. It is the first night of a back-to-back for Golden State. The over-unders, uh, 226.5, which, believe it or not, that's the lowest of the six games. Uh, I thought that was pretty interesting. In a Golden State game, you don't get usually one of the lower uh, over-unders. But the reason that is, they're third and fifth, respectively, in defense. So, you're talking to the top five defensive teams. Utah is 15th in pace, which again is is faster than a lot of people realize. I mean, they're right in the middle of the pack. And then Golden State is second. We know their games are up-tempo, big time. Um, <clears throat> from the Utah side, big news still. Connolly, Mitchell, and Morgan out. Golden State, we have another threesome out. Pascal, Oubre, and Lee. So, you know, we, the benches are both a little thinner than normal. Um, you know, what Utah's done uh, during this time that Connolly's been out, you get a little bit of a fill-in fill in from Ingles and Clarkson. Uh, Clarkson's, Clarkson's had some really good games, some average games. Uh, really, the guy that stepped up the most for them is Bogdanovich. He's had some monster games, including a 48-point game over the weekend. Real points, not DFS points. Um, Niang's not a bad play um, as far as if you really need super value, but he does run into some good D and Green and Looney and some of those in, inside guys. Gobert has been not the dominant Gobert that we've seen in the past. I don't know if they're not playing him full minutes to keep him fresh for the playoffs. That's my thought. I don't think he's completely 100% either. I think he's... Just, you know, trying to coast this last week. So don't want to spend up on him. Uh, don't trust O'Neal because he can throw one of those eights in there like uh, Keldon did. But he's also, you know, value that can get you 35. So, uh, you know, but for me on the Utah side with the pace up game, you definitely have to at least consider a couple guys. Those guys for me, I don't know if I'll end up with any of the three of them, but it would be Clarkson, Ingles, and Bogdanovich, <clears throat> excuse me, as uh, as the plays. Um, maybe one off of those three guys. On the Golden State side, you know, I'm not going to probably have the money here unless I make a decision to fade one of the other expensive guys I've already mentioned. And then we have this last game on top of that. But I'll tell you, Andrew, watching Curry... This weekend again, <clears throat> I got to take a sip of coffee. You want to say something about Curry? Uh, well, he's the best shooter ever, and he only—he doesn't even need thirty minutes to smash if he's playing Oklahoma City. We know that. I mean, you know, he's—it's almost like you know, it, it's to the level of beyond belief. Like, if I don't know if it's just me, he's always been a phenomenal shooter, but he's not even getting squared up or he's not even within reason to the basket. It's like he's almost to the point where he's so good, he's bored with shooting just normal threes. So he's just flinging these balls from everywhere, and they're going in. It's just, it's the most bizarre thing I've seen in a long time. And I just, you know, he's in such a groove that you have to at least consider him uh, every every uh, game. Now, Price-wise, it's it's brutally tough. Probably won't go there, but I had to make a mention of it because he's just not an automatic pass because he can drop 10, 12 threes without even thinking about it. So, you know, he's 
Uh, he's in my player pool, but only if I rest uh, or not play one of the other mm-hmm. big guys like a Sabonis or Westbrook. But, man, is he something. He really is amazing to watch. And, you know, they don't have a great matchup for him. It's going to yeah, be O'Neal, but he's not really a point guard specialist guy. So, you know, if it was a DeJounte Murray or Drew Holiday or one of these guys, you know, but it, this is going to be a little tough for them. And, you know, it's he's he's definitely worth considering. And so I'm you know, I'm I've got him there as a substitute for one of the big pay up guys. After that, though, you know, Bazemore's been OK for his price, but it's now increased a little bit. Green's had some good games, but you never know if he's going to have one of those brain freezes where he decides he doesn't want to score for a game. Um, so I'm not really trusting the rest of the guys. Wiggins has been, you know, consistent. I mean, you certainly can go to those secondary guys for Golden State, but it's a pace down game for them with Utah. Utah's good defensively. So more than likely, it's if I can find any way possible to get Curry in, I'll do it. If not, slight consideration of Bays, but I'd like to have exposure to this game, but not stacked. Yeah, I'm pretty similar. You know, kind of surprising with <clears> Golden, <throat> Golden State in the mix that, it is such a low total comparatively and that we're not more excited about getting more guys out here. But Clarkson and Ingles have been priced up with these guys out. And Bogdanovich has been hot, like you said, but it is a real tough matchup with all these guys. There's a reason that Golden State is fifth. And, right. you know, they've got length and quickness and Wiggins taking defense seriously this year yeah he's been amazing this year i mean way better defensively than any other time in his career he was a bottom 10 percent defender and this year he's a top 10 percent how do you go from bottom 10 to top 10 i don't know but something changed well it's it's just mentality and effort and he he committed himself to it and it's paid off so uh, it'll be it'll be a tough go for for utah because of those matchups and niang is the value play that I like the most. Like you said, he is inconsistent. If he hits his threes, he can smash that price. If he doesn't, he can throw up a dud. On the Golden State side, I'm glad you mentioned Curry. I, I agree completely. They just don't have a good matchup for him. I mean, O'Neal is their best defender other than Gobert. He's got better quickness than everybody else in that lineup and, and length, but he's not quick enough to stay in front of Steph. And like you said, Steph can be sideways seven feet behind the line as long as he he can see a sliver of an opening he's ready Sitting to on the shoot bench. it and swish it <laughs> <laughs> so curry yeah you can consider him for sure not fired up really about anybody else on golden state here so mostly a pass here other than the uh after our slate we'll get some more exposure there i'm with you man before we get to this last game let's just real quickly if you're watching us on youtube can you please hit that thumbs up button subscribe and then hit the the little alert button up in the corner. That's really, really important to us. And before we we close the show, too, Andrew will mention the the uh, competitions again in case you missed it earlier with, uh, you know, winning the three-day passes for Coach Talk in honor of, of Westbrook uh, hopefully breaking Oscar's record tonight. But uh, on YouTube, we really appreciate that. If you're listening to us on our audio podcast, five stars, a quick comment, All of that is really appreciated. We bring this podcast to you seven days a week in front of the paywall. And our big ask is that you give us those thumbs up, subscribe, five stars, comments. All of those things move us up the algorithms on all the different podcast sites and on YouTube. And that's really all we're asking from you is to get a little bit, uh, you know, aggressive with doing that because we only have about a third of our regular listeners that are subscribed. So, this is the time to do it. Get yourself fired up here before the playoffs and show us a little love. We'd really appreciate it. And then also, it's a great time to get involved here at Coach Talk. You can try us out for as little as a three-day pass for $10. Uh, we have uh, all of the information about our memberships uh, online on our website at dfscoachtalk.com. If you have questions that you want to direct directly to us by DM, you can send them to Andrew at Language Olympic. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I, or our entire group that will be answered by Joe Stanton, Tyler Pitzer, uh, uh, Josh Davis, our whole team, Brett uh, Trimble, 
that is at DFS Coach Talk. So, uh, you know, get involved with this. Shoot us questions. If you have anything you want to know before joining, then uh, get it out there to us and we'll answer it. Um, also, the last thing is um, if you're playing other entities, if you're playing DraftKings, FanDuel, uh, Jock Market, uh, prize picks, on and on. We have relationships with all of them, and uh, some of them are sponsors. Some of them are supporters of Coach Talk, and we have that right on our website. If you go to the page that has the sponsors uh, and partners on it, you'll see that we have promo codes for all of those. So if you want extra match on your uh, initial deposit, etc., you'll see all of those uh, we've worked very hard to develop all of those relationships. There's about 10 of them on there. And uh, take advantage of that if you're uh, signing up with any of them. Because there's always an influx of people involved uh, when it comes to the NBA playoffs. Because it's about a two-month run where everybody just gets fired up and involved. And uh, watch watching and usage goes way up. And we know a lot of participation on those sites goes up. So take advantage of, of the work we put in and uh, get those extra free plays and extra dollars uh, in your account. So, all right, let's hit that last game, Andrew. Let's do it. Houston and Portland, also at 10 o'clock, 238 total. Portland favored by 14, and we have both teams on an island in terms of the schedule. And my turn, Coach, for the Houston list. Here we go. You you may need – I'm going to go get another cup of coffee and a donut, I think. (laughs) (laughs) We've got Porter Jr., DJ Wilson, Avery Bradley, Sterling Brown, and Eric Gordon still out of the guys who might have a chance to play again at some point this year. And then we have Wood and Olenek, the two bigs, questionable with the ankle issues. On the Portland side, we just have Carmelo questionable. Now, why is this a 238 total? Well, Houston is 6th in pace. They're 26th in defense. Portland, still 29th in defense. So, pretty good game environment here. We just have to sort through the lineups and rotations. The Let's start with Houston. And what I'm projecting is, at least the way I'm building my lineups right now, is I'm assuming Wood and Olenek are out again. If they are, we get that crazy rotation of centers. Look at what the centers are for Houston. Okay, (laughs) We've got K.J. Martin as the big, right? And and Daniel House is the big off the bench. Imagine, you know, 15 years ago, if you said, here here are the the two bigs for Houston back in the days of Samson and Elijah Wan. Oh, my gosh. Talk about modern NBA in the end Yao of the, Ming. Yao Ming, in the end of the COVID <laughs> season, what you're left with with an eight man rotation. But in any event, you've got those two guys. You've got the other likely starters DJ Augustine, Jeffries, Jay Sean Tate, Lamb, and then Good Brooks Lord. and Brooks and Kyrie Thomas off the bench. I don't I think, think that team could win the G League. I think they get beat in the G League. <laughs> <laughs> might, be, might be close. But yeah. uh, they're certainly getting minutes and, and confidence now. Uh, these last few games, and it is a great matchup against Portland. Some of the price tags have gone up. Uh, the last one, the last game they played, if you look at the box score, remember it was a back-to-back, yeah. and to me the thing that stood out was they they had Augustine and House, the veterans, only play 18 minutes. Yeah. So it was really, let's have those guys just kind of hold down the fort and give us our eight guys while we we feature these six young guys. And so I'm looking primarily at the six young guys. Uh, I think they're all playable. Jeffries, I've said he's not my favorite in terms of a, a scorer, but he, he was decent last game. Uh, Jay Sean almost had a triple-double. Yeah. Uh, Lamb had a down game. He only took six shots, but we've seen that he's capable of paying off the price tag. K.J. Martin has been awesome three games in a row. So uh, you got to pay for it, but he's still in play for me. And then Kyrie Thomas off the bench took 21 shots. Yeah, I couldn't believe that. So, you know, he's in play. Brooks, another decent price for a guard. And I'm not going to play House as the veteran. He is ultra cheap, but I just don't think they're going to give him too many minutes. So I wouldn't mind at least one or two of those Houston value guys. And with Portland, 
you figure they're going to have plenty of time to smash, plenty of possessions, not much resistance, but Lillard is very expensive, so he's not my favorite point guard on the slate. And nobody else jumps off the page. Um, you know, I just it's just hard to trust uh, full minutes for these guys in what, what yeah. could be a blowout, although it could be a high-scoring blowout. So I, I'm not going write, to write them off, but they're just not in my primary build. Yeah, the, this game is such a tremendous headache. I mean, I love this card until this game. I mean, there's so many possibilities that can make or break people here. And probably whichever way you end up going, if you land on the right spots in this game, it's probably going to take it down for you because it, I don't care who the expert is out there. There's nobody that can comfortably say they know what the Houston rotation of those eight guys is going to be and who's going to get the majority of the shots. I mean, they've proven that three or four games in a row now with you know all different guys getting shots. Uh, the only consistent guy, truthfully, in this last three, four games has been K.J. Martin, and so he's the best play, but they certainly have moved his price up, man. His, you know, it, it hurts, but he's, I think, the best play on that side. Um, it's just there's so much volatility with the rest of the group. You know, it's it's almost like you're you're risking uh, your entire slate if one of the guys just takes a, a dud. Now, how bad of a dud can you take with only an eight-man rotation? Well, you know, you would think somebody's going to be able to get 15, 20 uh, fantasy points, uh, you know, most of these guys. But, you know, it's still, you know, if you take the wrong guy, you pay a few bucks for a Tate, for example. You know, a lot of people like Tate and he's good, but there's no guarantees there. He was questionable up until the very start of that last game and then almost put up a triple-double. So I'm I'm really worried about it. I think this game really... Uh, belongs in the gpp class if you will that you can play some guys three four guys from this game and take down a gpp but if you risk that in cash games you know for me that uh you know that's just too dangerous uh, too much pressure to have all of those guys and all of the cards fall right and then you know houston's been getting their asses handed to them let's just put it out there i mean they they they're scoring, but they're giving up just boatloads and they're getting killed. So, you know, uh, don't forget that that Stotts is a, a Rick Carlisle uh, guy. They coached together for years. He was the assistant at Dallas and he's never been a guy just like Carlisle that overplays his guys when he has the opportunity to sit them. Now, he'll let Lillard McCollum and those guys roll when it's a tight game and, and all of that. But if they get a 20-point lead, they're going to lose some minutes to the Simons of the world and those guys because they have some guys off the bench that they trust. So it's a 15-point spread. You know, really determining how this game goes is going to be a big uh, decision for, for a lot of people building your lineups. I'm not going to be real heavy on this game, Andrew, and I know it's risky because this – this game's going to get a lot of ownership. Uh, Lillard, McCollum, you'll see Powell, you'll see a lot of Nurkic. Everybody thinking, you know, they have no size inside whatsoever. Nurkic could eat, you know, but can you spend that on Nurkic if they're up quite a bit and Cantor gets 20, 22 minutes, 23 minutes, and Nurkic gets the other half? Um, I don't know. I'm not comfortable going there. Right off the bat, um, you know, I would like some exposure. I just don't want to pay up for these guys in fear of them not getting full run. Um, you know, Lillard could break the slate. There's no doubt. You know, it could be one of those games if somehow Houston finds a way to hang in there and they let Lillard get a full run, you know, he could crush it. But there are also games where McCollum will be just as good of a scorer as Lillard. Norman Powell's had a few good games, and then who knows? They may go inside to Nurkic and Canner a lot. So I say all of that to say that it's it's a difficult game. I don't think anybody can really feel comfortable saying, you know, these two or three guys are great plays in this game. I do agree that you need some exposure, and, you know, I'm going to work on it throughout my builds, but it's not going to be my key game of the night, not a complete fade, 
But, you know, if you're a GPP play and you're going for the big takedowns, figure out who you think's going to be the smash guys from this game, because I'm sure there will be some. But uh, and then go give some, you know, multiple entry rips at some GPPs. But if you're playing cash games where I play 60 to 70 percent of my action and I'm going head to head or in 50 50s or double ups and I'm counting on some of these possibilities in this game, I'm not going to feel good about it. So tread lightly in cash, take some shots in GPPs, and it's going to be a fun one to try to to see what happens. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this slate. Like you said, this one is a little dicey, the last game. But as a whole, I'm, I'm fired up about this six-gamer. So, again, invite you all to join us as a member at DFSCoachDoc.com. And then with the uh, the prize tonight, the contest, yes. uh, just a reminder, on Twitter, retweet our pinned tweet at DFSCoachTalk. And then on YouTube, I had an idea, Coach. Yes. Uh, you you got to like the video and make your comment, but the comment, uh, let's have it be a competition. Who can predict exactly when Westbrook is going to get the triple-double? So put, wow. the, put the minutes and the seconds of, of when you think he's going to get there, and we'll okay. have the closest guy or gal to that uh, juncture in the game win the three-day pass. Very good. And so, yeah, at what point in the game? So... If you're posting a note, say second quarter or second quarter, you know, uh, the the 10, 22 mark, whatever. Yeah, it's 322 yeah. left in the second quarter. Yeah. Excellent. All right. Beautiful. Very good. If anybody can get, I'll tell you what, I'll, I'll sweeten the pot, Andrew, right on. I'll have to let Joe know about this. If you can get it within 30 seconds, either way, we're going to, we'll give away a second three, three day pass for whoever can catch that. So the winner and then a secondary guy if they can get within 30 seconds, because that'd be a great prediction. Beautiful. All right, well, it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, so that's the setup for this magnificent Monday. We thank you all for tuning in, and we'll be back again tomorrow, of course, for another NBA slate here in the last week of the regular season. On behalf of the coach and the rest of the DFS Coach Talk team, I'm Andrew Hansen. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you tomorrow when we look to crush it in DFS.